Hello, it's Reverend Andrew Goodman from St Mary's uh, Mepishaw and St Michael's Shefford with a sermon from Ronnie, our rector, for Easter Sunday 2020. Let's pray. Lord, though I speak, may we all hear your personal word to us. Amen. At dawn on the first day of the week, the Marys went to the tomb. And they enter Matthew's account of the resurrection story from a place so quiet and dark that it echoes the very beginning of all creation. In the very beginning, it says, when there was chaos, the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God moved over the waters. And then came the very first day, the very first week. Here, now, after the chaos of the crucifixion events when darkness again covered the land, comes a new first day of the first week of God's new creation. I'm going to say it in bold for you. Easter is the start of a new creation. A new creation. And in Matthew's account, if the first creation was heralded by the Big Bang, then Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, says that when we celebrate Easter, and I quote, we are standing in the middle of a second Big Bang, a tumultuous surge of divine energy as fiery and intense as the very beginning of the universe. Matthew tells it like this. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. As C.S. Lewis tells us in the Narnia stories, it's uh, winter giving way to Christmas. It's spring coming after winter. And it's death rolled back in time, a reversal. <clears throat> there was an earthquake, an earthquake, not just a tremor or gentle rumble, but a violent earthquake. Matthew's point is this that what is happening is the action of God himself. The God who seems so silent on Good Friday is now, and definitely not silently, having the last, the final word. The next thing they knew, Jesus was there with them. The one they believed dead and buried, back from the grave, alive. So alive now, because death could not hold him and would never claim him again. He is alive in a life without end. <clears throat> the angel sitting on the rolled back stone is not there so that Jesus could get out. He has apparently done that already himself. The tomb is thrown open so that the witnesses, and through them us, can see. We can all witness that the unexpected, the definitely unexpected, 
the improbable, the impossible, the truly impossible has happened. Jesus is risen and the whole world can now see in the empty tomb the cross forging its victory from defeat. The victory of seemingly powerless love over loveless power. And the resurrection, of course, does not undo the death of Jesus. The crucifixion is now forever present in him and part of him. He still bears the scars. And that's really important because that his, his death was not undone. Because our death is not undone. What this means is that because he experienced it, when we die, he will accompany us and be with us on that journey through the valley of the shadow of death. Because he has made a way, he can take us through that way. And so now the church sings in every generation with Easter joy. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O grave, is your sting? We believe that Jesus freely chose to accept a life that for him led to death on a cross. But death was not the end for Jesus, and because of that, death is not the end for us. We believe that Jesus overcame death, not just for himself, but for all of us. He is the first to rise from the dead, that we may all follow him. And that doesn't mean that death is not a terrible thing. The pain and separation that we endure is dreadful beyond words, and it's heightened in this time of isolation due to the coronavirus. But because of Easter, we no longer grieve as those who have no hope. Because of Jesus, hope, a Christian hope, which is much more than that kind of vague thing that we say in English culture of, oh, well, I hope it's going to happen, meaning that actually we think it won't. This is a Christian hope, which now bursts forth from the empty tomb. Even as Jesus said, it is finished. The old is finished. It's over. A new day has dawned. New life is on offer. Life to the full. Life without end. For you and for me. For everyone willing to receive it. And the beginning of that life is to be found in the place where we, like the Marys and the other disciples, clasp Jesus' feet and worship him. Clasp Jesus' feet and worship him. In a moment, moment we're going to hear James and Miriam as they sing for us, Thine be the glory. And in that time, you might, in your own heart, if you would like more of this faith, or maybe for the first time, in your own heart, clasp Jesus' feet and worship him and speak to him in your own way with confidence to the one who loves you so much that he gave his life for you. Amen. Thine be 
thy body lay. Thine be the glory, risen conquering sun. Endless is the victory thou our death hast won. Lo, Jesus meets us, risen from the tomb. Lovingly he greets us, scatters fear and gloom. Let the church with gladness hymns of triumph sing. For her Lord now liveth, death hath lost its sting. Thine be the glory, risen conquering Son. Endless is the victory thou our death hast won. No Prince of life, life is not without thee, aid us in our strife, make us more than conquerors through thy deathless love, bring us safe through Jordan to thy home above. Son, endless is the victory thou or death hast won.